Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for another edition of Colch Narrow Chat, a Tuesday edition. I'm Jeremy. I'm joined, per usual, by Robbie. And today we are going to be discussing as much as we can over the next half an hour, roughly. We're going to be talking all about a huge result in the top four race at the Benito Villa Medina on Saturday, or Sunday, excuse me. Real Betis 1, Atletico Madrid 3. Uh, crisis over, Robbie. That's it. This is the Atletico we've been looking to see, right? Yeah, it, it would appear that way, and uh, I don't know if the results are going to continue. But again, <laughs> coming back to my, it's become my uh, almost like my, my slogan at this stage. But it just seems to make that little bit more sense for, for uh, at the moment. And I think that the players, you can see that in how they're they're approaching it, and uh, the continuity for for the likes of Joe Felix and that. Um, makes it that bit more, more coherent so yeah beating Betis uh, um, and obviously the, the result against United and then uh, who did they play after the United game they bet uh, uh, after United that's a good question I'll, I'll have to double check that but we but uh, Atletico of Cádiz coming up on Friday that's the next game hmm. then the trip to Old Trafford uh, Google is not working <laughs> <laughs> It is. Oh, it's it's uh, Rio, Robbie. It's at Vallecas. Oh yeah. Oh no, sorry. What I meant was like the the, the results. So they they bet the, the the first the turn of this kind of good run of form was against uh, Manchester United, and then they went out and beat Osasuna, 
Oh, sorry, that was Osasuna before that. They bet. Um, they drew. They drew with United. Celta. Drew United, bet Celta, and bet Atletico. Um, or sorry, bet Betis. Real Betis. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> what a confusing start. Okay. <laughs> So the crisis is over. They drew with United in probably their best display of the season at mm. that point. Went out then, kept a clean sheet and scored two against Celta Vigo. And, and a very good Celta Vigo team at that. Uh, or a, a decent, a, an improving Celta Vigo team at that. Uh, clean sheet, two goals. And then they went out against Betis and put together another really good performance. Uh, despite the injuries, despite the kind of... Uh, pretty rough first half with the two injuries and being being pegged back level right at the end of the first half and they came back and responded with with a with yeah a, a pretty pretty solid display i would say and yeah it does seem like the the crisis is over for now anyway the first half against Betis was really poor uh, and that was kind of a reversion to uh, the atletico we've seen for most of this season most recently last month uh, the early goal from Joao Felix, who we will talk a bunch about in the next few minutes here. Uh, the early goal, Atletico then sit back and absorb a bunch of pressure. Betis continue to to push and push and push and then finally get a gift at the end of the first half. And it's, you know, it's, it's a movie that we've seen a bunch of times this year. But Atletico responded. Uh, now Betis, like Atletico, dealing with injuries, dealing with fatigue. They did have a cup semifinal uh, on Thursday, so a really quick turnaround, and Pellegrini did make several changes to his lineup, but Atletico capitalized, and Atletico responded with force and a well-executed counter-attacking game plan in the second half on their way to this huge victory. Uh, three consecutive wins, and they now have not only the head-to-head, but a two-point gap over Betis, four points clear of Real Sociedad, and six clear of Villarreal. Villarreal are so weird. They have the second-largest goal difference in the league, and they're seventh. That doesn't seem yeah. right. Yeah, and it feels like it's going to be work for them to get into the top four. Now that Barcelona are looking much better, Atletico seem to have fixed a lot of their problems. And, yeah, Sevilla and Real Madrid are pretty pretty nailed on. So it was always going to be a tough task for them. And, and I suppose that's what separates the... the the elite teams from the teams that, that lack depth, that lack that little bit of talent. Uh, it's uh, as we get into the business end now. It's um, it's it's just so hard to keep it going for a full year. And Villarreal had a really good burst, and they'll probably continue to to, to come good. But once Atletico get out in front, or, or as the table stands now, it probably is how it will look at the end of the at the end of the season. Yeah, it, it's, it certainly does look that way. The The order of the teams may change, uh, specifically with, with Sevilla, whose place in second doesn't strike me as secure as it was as secure as it was a few weeks ago. But yeah, the top four as it stands right now, it could very well be what it looks like at the end of the season, but we don't know. We've seen Atletico have several false dawns this year. This is perhaps the most consistent run of form the Colchoneros have had this season, but there's still a long way to go. Um, Joao Felix. Robbie, uh, speaking of good form and uh, stringing some good performances together, according to uh, the Opta Jose Twitter account, Joao Felix has scored six goals with his last nine shots on target in all competitions for Atletico, as many goals as he had scored for his previous 28 shots on target. He got two more against Betis on Sunday, a proper star performance, would you say? 
Yeah, definitely. And, and he looks like a man that just is, is refreshed and, and, and looks a little bit more secure in his, his place on the team. Uh, before, we were watching him and he would... He was, a, he, was a, he was playing like a guy who was looking over his shoulder. He, he, he was finding it hard to work his way into games and he, he, and and he was trying to kind of force things every time he touched the ball he was taking too long on it whereas now he kind of he's just using his wits to to and and, and he's using that little bit of um kind of lack of pressure to to work himself into games and to and to find his rhythm and to to pop up in different places but yeah so he he's been he's been a uh, Excellent, but at the same time, like it's it's kind of mad how we we all just assume that a guy just not not that anyone ever thought that Joe Felix had lost it per se, but we were wondering like, and you do start to question whether or not he was as good as he the, the price tag would suggest, and whether Atletico had kind of uh, had been bought had been sold a pup by Benfica, but then you see some of the things he's done. Even during his his worst spells of form, and and he does have something special, and I think we're seeing that now. And it might be a little bit of luck with with, with that with that kind of a return on on shooting, but it'll probably settle somewhere in between from what we had seen, which was pretty pretty awful, let's be honest. Mm. And to 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 now where he just seems to be hitting the net all the time, but uh, hitting the back of the net all the time. But um, but at the same time, it does feel like. Simeone has unlocked something with the formation he's playing too and when you said that they were poor in the first half on Sunday I, I agree with that but they also had to suffer they had to replace uh, Simeone Versalco and and Correa Angel Correa in the, and, and adjust on the fly and you could see Simeone at one point in the in the in the first half when he brought on Carrasco I think and he was like we're going 5-4-1 yep and so, so you take Correa out of that, out of the front two, and immediately Betis, it means that Betis can build that little bit easier because you don't have the two forwards pressing you. And uh, it also meant that Atletico weren't as good on the counter because Llorente had to sit back at right back. And Griezmann went on the right of midfield and he was just trying to kind of feel his way into the game. He hasn't played in a while. Um, so... They, they they actually did they kind of tried their best in, in that in the end of that first half and Betis really didn't take control but again I, I don't know how they're going to play against United and how they're going to play going forward but Gries, it's it's kind of nice to see Griezmann in that role because I think he can play that if he has to he, he can play there if he has to on the right of midfield doing all the work that okay he's probably not as fast or powerful a runner as Llorente but he he, he can he will do the work he's willing to work hard from the right of midfield and he also had something going forward too so it'll be interesting to see if Simeone kind of t- thinks about that one but it will also mean Atletico don't have a second forward and and I don't know how you you're 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 just trying to kind of plug holes then making sure that the formation and the and the tactics and the system stays the same or not not stays the same but stays as secure as it has looked in the last few weeks mm-hmm. not having Kidogbia either was was really harmful in the first half because Atletico lost that extra body in midfield they lost that 
that pivot, that anchor who could win the ball back and distribute it quickly when Laurent, when Llorente had to move to right back with Frisalco's injury. And speaking of Griezmann, I, I did want to talk about him, so that's a pretty good segue into his performance on Sunday. Uh, he raises this team's ceiling quite a bit if he's fit and if he's firing, which he hasn't been for most of this season due to the readaptation, the injury he had. Uh, he made four tackles, won four tackles on Sunday, did a whole bunch of running, uh, seven tackles and interceptions total, which was the second highest total on the team. And the assist for Lehmann on the third goal, woof, what a run this was to just bully Victor Ruiz and then hit a no-look, uh, wrong-footed pass. It was a right-footed pass when Griezmann's left-footed uh, to the running Lehmann. Uh, super chemistry and super determination and strength to set up that goal. He adds so much, Robbie. And, of course, since he was here once before, we had the chance to talk about him many times over the years uh, during his first stint. But he was gone for a couple of years, and in, in games like this, when the team needs his running and his defensive contribution that has often been overlooked throughout his career, he just adds so much uh, when he is available and when he is uh, locked in. Yeah, definitely. And But it comes back to the point about how everyone seems to look that little bit sharper yeah. and fresher in a functioning team. Even Jan Oblak is starting to look better and... Um, the, the the problem had been the, uh, the the structure the system and even even the mistake by Herrera for the set for the for the for Real Betis's goal like that was the kind of thing that would have Oof. completely sunk Atletico before and I know but but that's kind of uh, you kind of have to accept that with Herrera but but yeah I mean Griezmann like we were all doubting these guys and doubting them I guess. We were talking about them individually, but what we were doubting was whether or not they all worked together in a team, whether and whether Simeone knew how to get the best out of them as a team. Because strength and depth is is obviously something that every manager wants and every um, every fan base would like to see. But at the same time, like strength and depth with the wrong personalities and the wrong blend and it can turn into what we saw which was chopping and changing which was continual uh, change and, and rotations that made sense some days and didn't against other opposition And whereas when you've got a functioning team and just kind of put players in and out of of the team based off what's needed uh, but without changing the structure too much which is what Atletico should be doing because they're they're one of the best teams in in world football, like, and um, so they need to be proactive, or they, they need to be the ones setting the setting the tone in terms of what how they're going to play, rather than going out and deciding. Uh, well, we're playing Levante this week, so we're going to play in a three-five-two, and all of a sudden it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> so I think that I think that now that Atletico have have re re found we'll say their identity um with a structure that seems to make sense it's just liberated all the players and that will include Griezmann as well and and um and yeah all, all, most of the attackers that have been struggling throughout the year the first half was really reactive and the second half was a lot more proactive even as Atletico ended up with around 36% possession the second half showed a much clearer um, and expertly executed counterattacking plan. And what I really thought was interesting, Robbie, is, is how Simeone used Joao Felix in this game. Uh, he kind of used him as, as the tip of the spear, not a guy who who often dropped deep and looked to 
um, out-muscle the opposing center back and kind of drift centrally, pick up the ball there, and start and move centrally. He was finishing these moves. Both of his goals were pretty simple tap-ins uh, created with the support of runners like Llorente, runners like Correa, Versalco, uh, DePaul, who fed that through ball to Llorente for the second goal. Um, I thought that was really interesting that Simeone kind of used him as a poacher rather than uh, a Griezmann type who would drop deep and start and kind of link plays together uh, closer to like a a false nine or a 10 hybrid in, in this game, he used him as, as really the, the point of attack. It, I likened it to building an attack for Joao Felix, not necessarily around him. Yeah. And, and for him to be popping up in the right positions, like we spoke before in the pod about how he, how he used to be playing out on the wing, getting his, getting the ball with his back to goal and being chopped down. Whereas now we see right. him. And, and I mean, even anecdotally, you watch the game and, and you can see he's picking the ball up in more central areas, getting a chance to run at teams. And, uh, and, and, and when he gets the ball with his back to goal, he, 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 he's nearly waiting for the, for, the, um, for the contact. Whereas now he's getting the ball and he can see ahead of him and he can kind of dodge tackles and, and, and dribble by players and create from there. And that's... that's what I was saying about the tactics making sense so Lodi on the wing was kind of moving up and down the wing with, and he was safe to do so because Ronaldo had his back and as he'd push forward on the left Joe Felix would kind of drift into the middle and find spaces to to, to pick up the ball from there and, and, and do damage and it's yeah it just again, I say it again it just makes sense it's starting to make sense and it, it, it is nice to watch because Joe Felix is playing like a player with um yeah he's got he's got like uh he does have a little bit of an edge to him and not not in a physical way but he's got a little bit of an attitude and and I suppose maybe that that's part of what held him back a lot of the time at, at the start of his Atletico career but but you also don't want to take that away from a player either. So he and he's still got that, and he's shown it now with it, with his um with his performances when he when when he's uh I'm within the team the the team as a maybe not a leader by vocal leader, but in terms of performances, he's been. You've got Joe Felix on your team. Use him and mm-hmm. show him off. Like like let him do damage and let him be himself. And I think for a while he was probably felt a bit constrained and stuff like that, and probably felt like he didn't have the backing of Simeone. But in recent weeks, we've seen that, as you said, it's a it's a it's an attack built for Joe Felix, and maybe maybe Simeone has been has been swayed by maybe out of necessity, given the fact that Atletico weren't playing well, but also out of by by just his performances against Man United, he went out, no nonsense, scored with a header, and just from there, it's been that was lift off, and it's been steadily going up ever since. He's got a uh, four goals, two assists in the past six between La Liga and the Champions League, and yeah, this is the the guy that we've been hoping to see. This is the guy for whom Atletico paid 126 million euros to Benfica nearly three years ago, and he's only played 39 percent of the available minutes in La Liga this season due to. Injury, suspension, and just not being preferred by the coach. But now it seems that there may be a change in that dynamic. Uh, the headline I read in Marca on Monday morning was uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona are seeking uh, un crack mundial, a, a world superstar. Atletico already have one. So Marca are conducting the hype train at the moment. And you know, you take that for what it's worth. But uh, this is the 
probably the strongest sustained performance or stretch of form that Joao has had uh, in the past two and a half years. At the start of last season, he had a, a run of form that was a lot like this before the ankle injuries returned, but we'll see if it continues. Uh, one of the stats I really like looking at uh, on football reference is team success, like points per match, uh, the number of goals scored when a particular player is on the pitch, the number of goals conceded when a particular player is on the pitch. And Renildo caught my eye for how Atletico have performed when he's been out there in just six games, Robbie. Um, Atletico are averaging two points per match when Renildo plays. That's the second highest total on the team. And they've only conceded five times in his 473 minutes. Uh, in Hector Herrera's minutes, Hector Herrera's 610 minutes, Atletico have conceded only five goals. Uh, how much, I mean, we talked about both these guys a little bit last week, but I think, uh, well, and I want to know what you think about this as well. What has, what have Reynaldo and Herrera um, added? Herrera had that mistake in the first half that was pretty costly for the tail goal. But I think, have, have we been underselling Herrera's defensive contributions? And have we been underselling just how impactful Reynaldo would be shutting things down on the left-hand side and improving Atletico's defensive solidity? Yeah, I, I've been thinking a, a bit about this in terms of, um, well, the, the the elephant in the room here is that Koke isn't playing. Yeah. And Atletico improved since he's been gone. And you, you were saying there about Rodrigo, the, uh, Atletico suffering in the first half, but I think that, that uh, the dynamic midfield of Rodrigo de Paul and Herrera uh, isn't perfect, but... It's you're way more dynamic and you're way more um, you can cover much more ground it, it seems that they're able to press much better instead of Koke kind of plodding around and like it's sad to, to, to say that given how good of a servant he's been for Simeone and Atletico but that's actually it's not as much Reynildo which is also coincides with the turn in form but it's more that that, that uh, the the midfield is more dynamic with Herrera and and Condogbia or Rodrigo de Paul or whoever it happens to be, and the uh, and they, they just look more solid and they're harder to break down and and uh, the yeah like so and just on that point I was talking about like the reason why a, a manager like Simeone wouldn't like Hector Herrera is because he is a bit of a maverick. He he, and he's a very hard man to indoctrinate into a style. Like you, 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 as as a coach, you want players who are willing to do whatever it takes and and listen to you one hundred percent. Koke is the epitome of that for um, for Diego Simeone. He 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 is like I've seen him referred to as a soldier for Simeone and stuff like that. Right. And he, he's like his, his his leader on the field. Wonderful, and that's great. You need those guys. That's that's. That's wonderful, but there has to be a little bit of, uh, I don't know, in Ireland we'd say a little bit of divilment in you or a little bit of kind of willingness to break the mould, a willingness to, to, to kind of go off on, a, on, on your own and do mm. something. Her Herrera's got that and he will never lose that and I think that's probably why Simeone never truly trusted him and then that's partly because, and sorry, that's... And then we never really trusted him. The same with um, the same with a player like say uh, I don't know, uh, like someone like yeah, even Condogbia has that kind of not. It's not mischievous. Like it's kind of like um, it's kind of like like a devil may care attitude. 
yeah yeah and, and a willingness to kind of go for it and take a chance and, 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 and understand and appreciate the risk that you're taking it doesn't work all the time but at the same time you have to have that little bit of unpredictability in your game and it, and Koke has struggled with that all his career basically like he was he, he, he was never as creative as we thought he was going to be and partly that was because Simeone drilled it into his head um, and, and keep the ball don't lose the ball don't take a risk and that's grand and that's fine when um, but, but you have to kind of think for yourself too and be like okay you you can indoctrinate me only so far but I will always have that in me and Hector Herrera is a player that has that he will never lose it and I, I refer to it as being clumsy and, and that and, but uh, uh, and he is quite clumsy but at the same time that unpredictability can also win you games it can't always be seen as a negative so so Koke a wonderful soldier but maybe too good of a soldier if, if, if you know what I'm saying so uh yeah, and that kind of little bit of unpredictability is um, is is helping Atletico and making them uh, making them a little bit more exciting to watch, making them a bit more harder to defend against, and uh, it's it's been winning them games. DePaul is kind of a player in a similar mold. He's got that kind of South American, Argentinian steel, uh, but he he's kind of he melds it with with a certain flair and a certain character and a certain combat mentality that's what makes DePaul such a unique player but one who can easily be miscast as he has been throughout the year uh but I thought DePaul had a really really good game on Sunday um playing kind of in a, in a center right position in midfield Koke's absence I think has really helped get more out of DePaul in a way that we haven't seen all year um made a dozen recoveries a bunch of progressive uh, passes and, di- and dynamic passes. I'm trying to find the stats again right here. Um, eight completed passes into the final third, six progressive passes that were completed, and, and completed 80% of his passes in all. And that through ball to Urente to create the second goal was just an absolute killer. Took out an entire line and a half of Betis's defense. And Atletico, I wrote about this yesterday in my goal breakdown, but Atletico caught Betis in transition and DePaul made the absolute best decision to, to just fling that pass to Llorente. Uh Can that be kind of a, a new a new connection for Llorente, uh with Trippier gone and that connection severed th- this season? Could DePaul and Llorente be kind of the new bromance on the right-hand side for Atleti? Yeah, that's that's what... I think that's kind of what Simeone is doing, but a lot, but that's I don't I think the problem with that is, and this is what I was saying before, is that in in another podcast about that Rodrigo de Paul on the right of midfield isn't suited to that because he's got it takes away from what he does best. Playing him in a central role gives him way more freedom to 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 do these kinds of things, and I think that's why he's been excelling recently is because he's been playing a little bit more centrally and Llorente him on the right of midfield that's Llorente's position that's where Llorente is the best that's, mm-hmm. and that's that's where he does most of his damage putting Llorente at right back or right wing back you're taking something away because he's you're when he, you're loading him with more defensive duties uh, likewise with Rodrigo de Paul um, so Sima Versalco worked perfectly there um, as a right-back slash right-centre-back with Llorente slotting in when necessary, but not always, but also being able to push forward. That's Llorente's position, that right midfield position. And, and a lot of um, Atletico's struggles can, can 
actually be explained by Llorente's absences this um, uh, this year uh, yep. because Rodrigo de Paul has tried to play there and that's not his position so um, Llorente on the right is is perfect so yeah uh, I, and I think that if you play Griezmann there if you have to put Llorente there and play Griezmann on the right that that, that works but playing Llorente and Rodrigo de Paul on the right I don't think it works Rodrigo de Paul needs to be more central and given more um Put in a place where he can be more combative and, and be more um, be more central, literally more central to the to the game, and uh, letting Llorente go up and down the right is, is good. But uh, yeah, so like I don't know if I'm doing a good job of explaining that, but it's I think when you like I know they seem like subtle changes, but but they, they it it completely changes the the dynamic when you do move Rodrigo de Paul out to the, out to the right or you do move Llorente back a position or 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 forward a position because it just uh, it can it can it can make or break an individual performance but also how the team functions and i think by playing sure. Rodrigo de Paul more centrally and Llorente on the right in midfield it works it works better so yeah it can be a good duo if if they're not loaded with too much defensive uh, responsibility, you think Koke? I mean, I, I, the, I think the answer is going to be yes. But Koke comes back into the eleven immediately once he's healthy. Whether that's Friday or not, we'll see. Uh, but should he be in the eleven upon his return? How difficult will it be to reintegrate him with Atletico playing so well without him? Um, I'm not entirely sure he does come into the eleven because Simeone, like. Simeone is stubborn, and you have to be stubborn uh, to make it this far. But he's also he also heard the noise, and he 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 saw the mistakes, and he saw how open Atletico were, and he heard the the kind of rumors about his job and how safe his job was. And he's also seen, like the rest of us, their improvement since he's been out of the team. And 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 the problem was, the main problem was. That central midfield, it wasn't dynamic enough. That has become a central uh, uh, tactic, a, a central part of this new look Atletico Madrid, which is Hector Herrera moving forward, or Condogbia, to press the ball carrier to make it harder to build up against Atletico Madrid. Koke goes back in there, he's not getting up the field as quickly, He's not getting back down the field as quickly, and he's not taking the risks that Herrera and Condobbia are willing to take. He's he doesn't he's not willing to to play the kind of passes that they're that they're willing to to to, to make. And I, I I don't know if he does come back into this eleven because Simeone has to have seen that this is what's working. It worked against United. It worked again against Betis, and. Um, in 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 the modern game or in today's game, you need that uh, that ability to cover ground in in the middle. That intensity and Rodrigo de Paul brings it. Condobbia brings it. Um, Herrera brings it. They're long rangey players and they they get around the field. And Koke just doesn't. So look, I don't know what Simeone is thinking, and and maybe, but he, but maybe he's he's uh, he, he's not going to drop Koke, but. 
surely he's seen that the improvement has been partly because of that functioning midfield now where they can press they can yeah. cover they can go they can cover laterally they can cover uh, horizontally and and uh, or vertically and um yeah while while adding something going forward we shall see uh, Koke may or may not be back in the in the squad for Friday's game against Cadiz, which we're going to preview now briefly. Uh, we want to thank everyone on Twitter who submitted uh, questions for us to answer today. Unfortunately, we're going to just run out of time. However, we're planning a special podcast on Thursday to answer all these questions, a, a special mailbag edition of Colt Chanero Chat. We're hoping to record that on Thursday. So don't despair. We'll get to your questions. Uh, but for now, Robbie, Atletico looking for, if you can believe it, a fourth consecutive win in La Liga on Friday. Uh, at the Wanda Metropolitano against a relegation-threatened uh, Cadiz. They've only won twice in 2022, four wins all season. Uh, new coach Sergio has made them a little bit better. Uh, they've had a bit more possession since the former Valladolid coach took over, and they're unbeaten in their past four with three clean sheets. But fact is, this is this has still got to be a win for Atletico. Uh, at home with the the form the team is currently in, uh, anything less than a win will be totally unacceptable. Yeah, and and when you look back at those results that Atletico have had, they've been against teams that like to like to have the ball, that like to press, that like to play an open game, like um, not so much Asasuna, but but they 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 do like to press. Um, uh, Man United, Celta Vigo, Real Betis, three teams that were kind of in a way made for Atletico Madrid to counter on this is going to be an entirely different game and this is where you would hope that the system and the structure holds and that Joe Felix Griezmann uh, hopefully Correa makes it I'm not sure I think he's just got a, 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 a they'll probably save him for the United game but yeah. this is where you would hope that this is where you would hope that Joe Felix or or Griezmann would come up and, and kind of and, and decide the game even if it's not as smooth or as free-flowing as it has been for Atletico. Yeah, the injuries are still a huge problem, and we're still waiting on news as to who might be available. Stefan Savage might return to the team, as it seems like his muscle injury was relatively minor. Uh, see, it seems like Savage might uh, get back into the 11. It'd be a, a pretty big addition for Atletico's improving defense. Um, no word yet on, on who else um, may or may not be around for that game. My guess is they do rest Correa. Versalco probably won't play with his muscle injury, and it, it just makes sense to have as much in reserve as you can for Old Trafford while still focusing on trying to win this game. Uh, Cadiz are, I think they're 18th right now. Yeah, they're 18th right now, four wins all year. And yeah, this has got to be, as you said, this is a bit of a different opponent. Uh, they are probably going to cede possession to Atletico and dare Atleti to break them down rather than leave space on the counter, rather than play a higher line like Betis did. So it'll be definitely interesting, but Atletico need to win this for a, a whole host of reasons. Uh, another Levante result uh, or a tight performance like we, we saw against Levante, Mallorca, Alaves earlier this year. Uh, another performance like that would be, it, it, it would really send the Roy Blancos back to square one. And at this point in the season, they can't really afford that. Need to continue adding points and try to finish as high as you can in the table while preparing for United next week. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> succinct. That's it. Succinct analysis. That's our specialty. I, I, I can't add any more to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love when I hit on every single point so it stops debate entirely. Love it. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that'll right. do it for for this edition of the show. Uh, anything else you got? Yeah, well, just as you just as you um, just as you cracked that joke, I didn't hear it because someone called me. Um, someone called me, and I, I didn't hear your your joke. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> nothing else I want to add. No, it's uh, been a been a been a kind of a crazy show. I had a kind of a fit of coughing there at one stage. I got confused at the start. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> We'll make it up on Thursday, I promise. Yeah, the, the Thursday show is going to run so smoothly, you guys won't believe it. Uh, that'll it do better it. better be. <laughs> that'll do it for this edition of the show and my crap jokes. Uh, Robbie Dunn, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the pod. No problem. On Thursday, we promise. Thursday it is. We're going to be doing a mailbag <laughs> show then, and uh, we will talk to you all then. Adios.